investment firms that have more diversity on the team, aka more input from different backgrounds and different education systems and and even different social networks perform a lot higher than the investment firms that are just a bunch of white dudes at the top that all came from the same culture and you know have a much more hierarchical system and just think they're right all the time. There's a total difference in performance there. So it's interesting that sometimes getting more input is beneficial for your business and sometimes getting less input is better, you know. This is Evolve CPG, a community of purpose-driven brand leaders who not only believe in better, but actively pursue it. That's better products, better brands, and better leadership for a better world. I'm your host, Gage Mitchell, founder and creative director of Modern Species, a sustainable brand design agency helping better brands grow and scale their impact. On today's episode, we're discussing how your zip code can negatively influence your company culture if left unchecked. Our guests, Linwood Paul and Matt Demore, are co-founders of Subtle Distinctions, where they cultivate thoughtful leaders from the inside out. So Gage, we've got a really, I feel, and we feel interesting topic to discuss today, and that is how is your zip code influencing your leadership? So this is something that we might have subconsciously seen, but recently had a couple opportunities to see this idea in a much more pronounced way. And so in essence, what we're talking about is that what we have seen is that in certain regions of the country, essence, those regions have a a specific type of culture. Some of the culture is led by political culture. Some of it's led by other things culturally. And so the point that we want to point out today is that we were working with a company actually up in your neck of the woods in the Pacific Northwest. And they had been, they directly mentioned how they were leading their company. And it was something that was, in essence, completely overlaid from the political climate and the inclusive nature of that area. The project was given to us in a way that had their team participating in the project. And ultimately, what we found was that, and they didn't quite know this, but the leadership team was basically saying, well, this is how this area of the country does it. This is how Portland works. We include everybody in everything all the time, and we're very inclusive. And so they applied that to their leadership style and how they were operating the business. And what we found out was that that actual methodology and that belief system was severely preventing them from moving forward. It had them in this loop because ultimately they couldn't get things done. They couldn't make decisions. There were so many different viewpoints. They were trying to have all needs met. There wasn't an energy that was stepping into the company that basically created a more directive style leadership. And so what we are here to offer is simply the question for all the listeners is, if you're running a company right now, how, if at all, is your own belief system, which I'm sure it's going to be many, many ways, but also the geographic culture of your area influencing how you're leading your company? And is that is that what's needed for your company? Specifically, the leadership style that we're referring to. So there's going to be more of a directive leadership a participative leadership, a supportive, a non-directive. So how is the region that you're living in influencing your leadership style? I think that 
you might be surprised how that is directly influencing your specific style of leadership. And for us is, is that the best way? So just introducing this concept that others might not be thinking in, in this specific company was incredibly surprised to come to the conclusion and understanding that it was the exact opposite of what they needed. And so we're not here to share what way is better or not. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about simply having a perspective and an awareness of how, if at all, that is influencing your leadership style. When we look out into the world, this may add some clarity. We've got things like New York state of mind or the show me state. There are ways that people actually speak into what we do here and how we do it here. And while folks know a lot about working in other countries, you know, that they need to pay attention to international culture if they're doing business in foreign countries, it is as well very secular. It is as well very specific right here in these United States. The difference between being a directive leader where you tell folks what it is that's going to happen and the various different levels of decisions, a level one decision being one that you're not going to be included in it. I'm going to make this decision. Here's how we're going to do it. Level two, we involve a certain level of the leadership in the decision. Level three, we put it out for everyone's opinion and feedback before we're going to do what it is that we do. All of those decisions have to do with what the condition is or what the state of affairs is, where we are. One of the things that we shared with the one of the owners of this company that Matt was just referring to is that leaders need to lead. People need to be at times directed, told, if you will, what to do. And a lot of folks, because of different styles of how leadership is accepted, a lot of people see that as a relief. You know, I come in, I need to do X, I need to do Y. You know, we hear terms like marching orders. I love a marching order. I don't have to think I'm coming to work. I got enough going on in my personal life at home that when I show up at the job, I just need to be asked and told, if you will, told, asked, directed. That's probably better than told, directed what to do. Get that done at the highest level I can with my resources, my skill set, my mindset, my heart set, and go home. Yeah. And here's one of the, the biggest things that I think might be an aha for everybody listening is that we actually interviewed everybody in this company individually. And what we found out is that there was a desire for transparency and clarity over having an input and say in what the decision is going to be. So they would rather have, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly what's you know happening and with clarity what my directives are than to be brought into the decision-making process. And that was a huge, huge distinction and an eye-opening for the leaders of this company. Like, holy cow, they just want more transparency and clarity as opposed to be involved in the process. And that shift for them has really opened up some really beautiful things. You know, we've seen the pendulum swing. I think if we went back and interviewed business leaders 40 years ago, it would be hardcore directive. This is your task. This is what you're doing. This is how it's done, period, Right. In order to win the war, we've got to make a Jeep. In order to make a Jeep, you've got to put your screw in on the assembly line to 75 foot-pounds of pressure with this torque wrench 3,200 times in 90 minutes, period. And now we have swung the pendulum all the way potentially to the other side where it's, and I don't want to, I'm going to say that there's so much empowerment that there isn't a single driving 
I don't want to say force, but there isn't that sense of deep leadership because we're trying to be so inclusive. And so for me, I think let's go to the polarities. Let's pull the best from each of those and let's bring it back to the middle and let's come to balance. And I feel like that's where we're at right now in our business and entrepreneurial evolution, which is how can we balance that directive and that participative leadership in a way that gives everybody what they need, that still provides a container of clarity, of transparency, but there is there is a leader. And also, the thing is, is that people want to be inspired. People, a great leader inspires people and that, that really steps up and owns that. So I think just really balancing and understanding potentially what's needed within your organization and how to blend in these different leadership styles is really important. And to see how that's being influenced by your, your geographic region and culture. Yeah, we found from these people, they were hollering for, you know, let us in on the what, because we don't need to develop what the what is. We we talked in analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis, right? I mean, keep asking people, what do you need and what do you want and what do you have happen and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, ready, aim, aim, aim. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on now. <laughs> Let's get something done here. It feels like that sometimes. So when we say zip code, when we say zip code, we're really talking about attention whether it's regional or whether it's coming from your idea of things, zip code means to to pay attention, to pay attention to the factors that are in play in the condition that you're operating your business in. Beautiful. And what I think is interesting too is that you're pointing out exactly that it's it's not that one system is always better. It's that you might be automatically operating based on local cultural norms that aren't actually benefiting the specific business or decision you're trying to make. And one example that I heard a while back, and I'm not even going to guess which country or region because I can't remember and I don't want to get it wrong, but in the piloting world, there's a main pilot and a co-pilot. And most cultures allow the co-pilot to call out the pilot if they think they're wrong. And that means safety is great because you got two brains working and they both get a say on something. But there are some cultures where they actually have a lot higher record of plane crashes. But what they are finding is that a lot of it's due to that local culture where you're not allowed to question the boss. So the co-pilot might see the boss doing something wrong or a gauge on the plane that's going crazy or whatever, but they're not allowed to speak up culturally. And therefore, the plane is going to crash because the co-pilot didn't speak up and say anything. So in that particular case, you need more input. You need a little bit more level hierarchy or lack of hierarchy in some of those cases. Whereas in other situations, and this one is less local, but I also saw some case studies about like investment firms, for example, that investment firms that have more diversity on the team, aka more input from different backgrounds and different education systems and and even different social networks perform a lot higher than the investment firms that are just a bunch of white dudes at the top that all came from the same culture and you know have a much more hierarchical system and just think that are right all the time. There's a total difference in performance there. So it's interesting that sometimes getting more input is beneficial for your business and sometimes getting less input is better, you know? And I would say too, and that's exactly right, Gages, I think ultimately 
we have a concept that we we talk about is the pool of shared meaning, which is the more that's that is put into the field until the conversation, the, the better decisions that are made. We're doubling down on that. And we're also saying, okay, and then at what level is it great? We've got the intel. Now we're going to take it and make the, some really good decisions and we're going to move forward. And then in the how too, that's also, there's the what, which is what is the information and how are we pulling that and drawing out that information too, I think is really appropriate because on some level, there's a skill into crafting the manner in which feedback and participation can be had that's really productive. You said, I want to just land hard on something. There is no one system that works. Please hear us clearly. We're not suggesting directive over participative. We're not, we're not suggesting autocratic over supportive. We're saying that the zip code and how you're looking at it is intentional. It is crafted. It is known. And it can change from condition to condition, from contribution to contribution in an organization or in a business based on what's happening right here and now. More intention versus AUTOMATIC. So to go back to that metaphor that I used before, so ready, aim, aim, aim. We don't want to replace that with ready, fire, aim either. I realize I think I might have misspoke in my earlier two examples saying they were opposite from each other, but I realize in both of those examples, it was better to have more input. But to flip that on its backside, I've done a lot of work with in the nonprofit world, and I feel like that's kind of the opposite where they take too much time to deliberate and have have to get consensus across too many people who can never agree that nothing ever gets done. So that would be an example, I think, where nonprofits would benefit from having more of a little bit more of authoritarian kind of leadership style versus the complete democratic, like everyone gets a say and we won't move forward until everyone agrees kind of situation, at least in my experience, I'm sure not all nonprofits operate the same. Exactly right, Gage. Our job, exactly right, Gage. Our job was in the job that Matt was referring to was to design a retreat that the owners of the business could deliver to their people. Because it's we were in this virtual world, we couldn't get there. You know, they wanted to. You know, they wanted to run something in person. As they're kind of coming out from the uh, working virtually pandemic cost, what we heard from more than several people was, we do not want to do this thing and just keep talking and talking about what it is that we need to do. So. Yes, they talked a lot about things. They came up with a priority, a priority listing of what needed to get, of what needed to take place in the organization. So there was this intentional balance of what we need to talk about and what too much talking is. And that is the main example, I think, of these people who own this organization being aware of the zip code that they were in as it relates to what was needed. And one last share from me, Gage, is that what we also heard is that too much processing without action actually creates a, a worse result than just too much action. That hyper processing in a way that's just like, oh, great, here we are again, having the same darn conversation. So what's new? And now they, they, they just completely check out because they haven't seen things be put into action. And so I think my overarching message is everything comes down to being balanced, just like you know, you were you were referencing the nonprofit potentially for the for profit, and there's like the whole notion of balancing purpose and profit, right? And there's these associations of potentially, oh, nonprofits have this big heart and this and that, and and yet potentially 
they might look at for profits and say, oh, they're evil. They're a big corporation. They're just hungry for money. And it's like, well, you have to be fiscally responsible. And how about socially abundant as well, and really kind of come together. So I think we're applying that same concept to this notion of, of leadership, which is how can you really be inclusive in a way that does capture all the ideas and greatness of the team, because you can you can extrapolate so much more benefit from others, but then when and where is the time and place to step in and then create more of an action-based directive leadership? Yeah. And I like the phrasing of this, the the zip code, because we all, we've all seen how uh, Silicon Valley culture can really result in some really bad things that end up in some bad PR and companies uh, suffering because of it. But at the same time, I think you could also describe it almost as like a default ingrained culture in your industry sometimes too. Like like we were just saying, like sometimes the default nonprofit methodology isn't always the best way to go, but also the default corporate methodology isn't always the best way to go. And that's what's beautiful about this more benefit corporation kind of movement that's happening is they took kind of what's best about both industries and merged them together because they they chose to step up and question which methodology they wanted to follow and which would serve them best. So it kind of fits into this theme of just don't just do what your local or industry culture is telling you to do, question it to see if that's actually serving you. Awesome. Well, thank you both again for coming on and sharing some beautiful wisdom bombs. I feel like I come up with a new perspective and <laughs> and great new ways to help my own business or clients' businesses every time we chat. So I appreciate it. And I used a non-peace metaphor there with the ready, aim, fire thing. And so let's do live in peace. And you said bomb, so let's clean. What's going on here? Let's clean all that. We need to question this culture. What's going on? Let's let's live in love, love and peace and <laughs> love oh, and peace and great. balance. Thanks, Gage. Thank you, Gage. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Linwood, Matt, or their company, go to subtledistinctions.com. Business can be a powerful force for good. Is your brand living up to its full potential? Visit EvolveCPG.com to learn about our new workshop, Exponentially Good, to scale your impact exponentially. Subscribe for more innovator interviews, expert advice, and leadership discussions. If you like this episode, leave a heart, thumbs up, or review, and share it with your colleagues. As an ever-evolving show, we also love feedback, so send us your thoughts or ideas for who we should talk to next to Evolve at modernspecies.com.